This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Reimagine your life by becoming an RN at Duke Health, a recognized health system in North Carolina's area known as the Triangle. Home to award-winning restaurants, beautiful scenic spaces, and an eclectic art and music scene. You'll have plenty to enjoy in the area and cities beyond. What's more, you'll have a career filled with purpose and opportunity, matched by benefits that best support your wellness, family, and future, offering sign-on bonuses and relocation. Apply today at DukeNursing.org. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Hello everyone, welcome back to your Sound of Millwall. How are you guys doing today? Joining me after a nil-nil draw at home to Wickham, we've got Neil Fizzler. How you doing, mate? Uh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Good evening, everyone. I hope everyone isn't too depressed after watching that shower of shit. Yeah, I think that's one way of putting it today, isn't it? I think obviously, you know, we previewed it yesterday, we played Wickham today. A big kind of, you know, moment for us, hopefully, to try and kick on and make it four wins in a row. But in the end... A nil-nil draw and a bit flattening, wasn't it, Neil? I, I mean, I, I summarise it as best you can, mate, for the viewers or listeners at oh. home. Mate, I think we were all looking forward to this game because we've won three, unbeaten in seven, I think, wasn't it? And we were we were looking good. We're not playing brilliant football, but we're looking good. And you looked at the league table and you thought, this is a game we should be winning. 
and we have to win. They're awful. They shouldn't be in this division. Let's not make any bones about it. They got lucky last season and they got promoted, but they were relegated from the minute they got promoted. They were never going to do anything. And uh, we made them look average, didn't we? Um, we were we were awful. We just, I think, we showed no desire in the whole of that game to actually win a game of football. I saw your, uh, I saw your, your tweet with TT where you said, or when you replied that we could play for another ninety minutes and not score. Mm-hmm. I think we could play for another three days and not score. It was just one of those games we we. We lacked desire, we lacked determination, we lacked nous, we just lacked everything. It was it was a poor, poor, poor performance. It definitely wasn't one for the purists, was it? I think um yeah, it was it was disappointing on all levels, really, to be honest with you. I think, you know, We'll take the silver lining from it. We're still unbeaten. You know, eight games unbeaten now in the league. Obviously, you know, four wins in there, four draws. I think, you know, there there is definitely, you know, momentum building in a bigger sense, so to speak. And, you know, we're definitely a team that's difficult to beat. But then that's it. You've got to face the facts of it today. And you look at that Wickham side, rock bottom of the league, you know, nothing special about them. One intention just to play up to the big man up top and leave him up there on his own. And then we line up at a 5-3-2, Neil. Now, I know... We didn't really preview what our 11s would be for yesterday Yesterday, when we were doing our Friday Night Live show, which obviously was a great show yesterday. We really enjoyed, by the way, which we'll get onto in a bit. But, you know, I kind of didn't expect us to be so negative today. You look at the side and, you know, Matt Smith played up front. I kind of thought Wallace or Bennett would be next to him. If anything, we kind of went back to the, you know, two wingers approach and Smith left up on front on his own. And, you know, from start to finish, there was just no real, like, intensity or you know, momentum about our players to try and get the ball forward and try and get numbers forward as well. It was really just passive. And I think a lot has to be said about that. And I think, you know, the team itself just weren't at the races at all today, were they, Neil? No, I think that when we did get the ball forward, Matt Smith was too isolated. There was a couple of times in the first half he won headers and Mason Bennett was just too far off him to take advantage. I think if you're going to play Matt Smith up front, and I tweeted it, you cannot leave him isolated. You cannot play Matt Smith up front on his own because he is a player that wins the ball and brings other players into it. And if you're playing as wide as we were, it just it it it, it just doesn't work. Coming back to the, to the side, I think this is the side that we'd have all predicted yesterday. I know that you were Hayden Muller, and we'll probably come on to that a little bit later on. But I think this is the side. I think I think this is his formation, isn't it? This is what he wants to start with. But he just didn't. He he could surely see what was going on, and he just didn't didn't change it. Last week, Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? Was that yeah? It was, thinking, it was the week before last when we were four one, and it was Reading last Saturday where we changed it at half time. Yeah, yeah, Reading. Sorry, I'm yeah. All the games are merging into one because we're mm-hmm. playing twice a week here. He saw what was happening and changed it up. Today he just didn't change it up, did he? He just left it 
as it was, and he might have changed it in the, in the last ten minutes when he kind of a mishmash of substitutes. But it, I just can't see what he was trying to achieve today. He certainly wasn't trying to win a game of football. Well, so the team we mentioned, obviously, there was obviously the 5-2-3 or 5-3-2, whichever way you want to look at it. And it was Bilkowski in goal, Romeo, Hutchison, Pierce, Evans and Malone in the back five. Thompson and Woods in the middle with Wallace and Bennett supporting Matt Smith. And I say supporting, they didn't really support at all today, to be honest. And I think that ultimately was the issue in the first half, especially. You know, we always say all the time about Matt Smith, you know, the impact he has. He can win headers. He's a handful for defences. But if you don't have anyone up against him, like how you said there, Neil, you know, no one's supporting him, so to speak, then all that's going to happen is he's just going to be, a, he's going to try and run his heart out there. But, you know, for what his limitations are, they're clear to see when he has no strike partner up there, I feel like. So and I do agree with you there. I think, you know, the first 10 minutes of the game, it just, it was a kind of tone of what's to come, really. Every time Wickham got the ball, I don't think they strung three passes together. It was straight up to the centre forward. And, you know, it was straight out to Ikpizia to try and cause some havoc. And I feel like, by and large, our defenders just coped with the pressure well, didn't they, Neil? And I think, you know, I agree with you. Like, you know, I think we could see from minute one, why have we just persevered with this five at the back when all they've done is left one striker up and we're leaving three central defenders there? Yeah, it it it, it made no sense at all. The problem with Matt Smith is, and I think they said it on I follow commentary, that... He can't press the defence, can he? Because he hasn't got the legs. So they had the time where they could pass it amongst themselves and then just oof the ball down the pitch. And I thought Evans dealt with their guy up front very well. He, he didn't really allow him a kick. And in those situations, you'd think that Rabbits obviously haven't watched. Why? Why go five at the back? Why play five at the back in that situation? They're at, their only intent is to play the ball up to that guy. And you'd think that you'd want to win a game at home. You're on the roll. Yeah, you. We're clear at the bottom. Okay, we have to look over our shoulders because everything's so tight. But just show some intent there, Gary. For Christ almighty, use your brain. If after five minutes, ten minutes, you can see what they're doing, change it slightly. You can put Evans in midfield. Yeah? you could. It, it, it's not rocket science to see what's going on and to change it. I think we had a lot of success quite early on down the right-hand side, didn't we? So you bring me on to the first chance of the game, really. I think, you know, 10 minutes, like I said, of just, you know, Wickham quite clearly making out what they're trying to do for us today and just basically pump the field and stop Mill from playing, basically. Wallace had a half chance, you know, from about 25 yards out. It deflects off their defender and goes out for a corner. I think it was rising, if anything, and I don't think it would have caused any uh, Stockdale and go any issues. Romeo is the first provider of the first chance. I think it's Evans, like you mentioned, who had a great game today, I felt like, on the left side of centre-half, filling in and making it look easy for himself. Um, he picks out Romeo on the right. Romeo then gallops down the, the wing and basically cuts in and has a left-footed shot. And I was thinking, OK, this is good. Like, you know, a player grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and trying to make something of it and have a few opportunities for himself. Um, and I think, you know, it falls to Wallace afterwards who just, you know, he skies it over. But I think it was a rule to be offside anyway through Smith. But, you know, aside from that, we had a half chance through Smith about 15 minutes in where I think it was, again, Malone crossing in on the left-hand side. Smith loops the header over the bar and it's kind yeah. of on the roof of the net. There's not really anything there, really. And I think, you know, I think a lot has to be said about that. I think the rest of the first half, I can't really remember another opportunity there. I think all game, if anything, Neil, Stockdale's made three saves. All three comfortable saves as well. None of them really top draw. And you're playing, like I said, 
a bottom of the league, there's, there's just no opportunities came their way today, really, did they? No, I think you've got to pepper shots in on him, haven't you? You've got to test him. And then if he spills one, then Smith doing what he does quite well. He can mop up. He can go in for the seconds and flick one in the back of the net. But it was actually quite good to see Marlon attempting in that first 15, 20 minutes something, because that's something that we've quite often we've criticised him for, especially on this pod, is that he gets up there, but then he but then he just lacks the nags to do something with it. But I think a couple of his crosses today and a couple of shots, or that shot that you were talking about, it's almost like Danny McNamara being in there has raised his game slightly. And he's bringing something out of Marlon Romeo, who I didn't think was, I thought he was probably behind Evans and maybe Jed Wallace, was a player who didn't play too badly. No, you're right. I think, um, you know, Romeo, I think he, we've always known the strengths and weaknesses of Marlon. I think, you know, the end product is normally not there for him. But like you mentioned, that chance in particular was of, you know, better quality from him, to be honest. He started the last four games now, Neil, and obviously the form upturned since then. So in which sense, I suppose you can't begrudge Gary out for not dropping him or bringing Matt Lamar back in. I think if you're Danny Mack, you feel a bit hard done by, wouldn't you? Because like, obviously, you know, you've Definitely. been inside, you're playing well, you know, you've really kind of grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. And then in reality, he's only played three games and then been pulled out the side again. So I think, you know, I, I do feel sorry for Matt Lamar in that sense. And obviously, hopefully he can return to the side soon and get his opportunity. We'll talk about young players in a bit, like we've already said there. But, you know, aside from that, I think, you know, we had a lot of possession first half now. I think it's 62% I'm reading here online, you know, knocking the ball around kind of aimlessly. And this is it, really. It's an ultimate flaw of this Millwall side, I feel like, Neil. You know, we if, we, if we're left to keep the ball with our own devices, you saw numerous times miscontrols, a few errors from the likes of Woods, Wallace, Thompson, you know, uh, even I think Hutchinson a couple of times, you know, it's just if we're left to kind of keep hold of the ball and, you know, teams sit off us, we've got no real moments of quality, have we? I think I likened it in our WhatsApp chat to an aimless kicking game of rugby. Mm-hmm. I think there was one chance where I think Malone tried to switch play from one side of the pitch to the other and it went and it sailed totally out of play, didn't it? Ended up in the stand. Mm-hmm. Fair play for trying it, but but it, but nothing was coming off that we tried. It was pretty aimless stuff, as you say. It, frustrating, I think, because this is a side that we should take the game to them. We should, we can score goals. We've proved that in the last few weeks. But today, we just—it was almost back to back to the the end of last year, wasn't it? Where we just didn't have anything. We didn't look like anything. We didn't try anything. Everything we did try came off. We looked very lightweight in midfield, I thought. Woods was near enough anonymous. Ben Thompson didn't have his best game. Yep. To be fair. A lot of people online talking about Ben Thompson and he's obviously his impact on the game, so to speak. And I can understand the frustrations. Obviously, you see him, you know, a few times he misplaced the past. The quality wasn't always there, so to speak. And I, I get that. And I think, you know, I think with Thompson, what he brings is the energy in the middle that he at least he's trying to do something. And I feel like at times you mentioned Woods there, sometimes players can kind of hide away from it sometimes. And I think, you know, with Thompson, you can't begrudge him. He, he gives that energy in the middle and it is contagious to other players in the side, I feel like at times. 
you know, I mean, talk about the rest of the first half. I think, you know, Wickham had a couple of half chances. Mometi came in um, from, the, from the left-hand side. He had a shot. I think it was quite comfortably behind it. The same with Horgan. And again, down that right-hand side, uh, or our right, sorry, cutting in and having an effort saved. Um, we're going to have to stop for one second because uh, Mr. X found the ball wants to come in and have his own say on today's show. Hello, Mickey. How are you? Oh, thank you very much for letting me in, gents. <laughs> such a pleasure to be invited onto your fantastic show. You taking a piss? No, I'm just being like it is, do you know what I mean? You're definitely taking a piss. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I um, thought so. I, I was listening to most of your, uh, most of your comments and I agree with, with, with most of it. I just think today we just didn't go out to win it. I think we just went out like we normally do when... The trouble is, is if we play teams what have got something about them, we go in there as the underdog mentality and we do something well. When we go against a team where we think we're going to walk all over them and we're going to fucking destroy them, that's when we come unstuck. And we, we always end up either not putting the effort in to win it or we just fucking just run around like a bunch of headless fucking chickens, not being able to put two moves together to get it up there. Um, ben, I think, looked as if he was playing in the land of giants today. He was just... He just wasn't with it at all. He just, unfortunately, didn't have any rubber to green. Um, I agree with you, Romeo or Romero, whichever way you want to fucking pronounce his name, um, was not too bad today. Um, Pierce fucking needs to take a look at himself, mate. He was he was shocking. Thank fuck for that offside decision or else he would have been well out fucking paced. I think... Um, we haven't yeah, come I mean, on to Pierce yet. We haven't come like... on to Pierce yet. We were waiting <laughs> to come on to that. So um, I guess we'll talk about it now, in which case I think... Obviously, Mickey's going to have to take a vape and not put himself on mute whilst he does that. So, um, welcome, Mickey, and I'll put you on mute for that because you're taking the piss. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, what I think, you know, first half dwindled up to nothingness, like we said there, you know, second half started and no changes at halftime, which I, I was quite surprised about. And then from the minute go of the second half, we give away a sloppy free kick and it's on the edge of the box. I think just, you know, the the mentality just wasn't there today for me, I don't feel like. And I think, you know, there's no real will and desire to kind of make an impact on the game. That's, that's just from my take of it anyway. Uh, and then obviously we had a couple of half opportunities and then he makes a couple of substitutions on the hour mark. No Pierce coming off. I mean, we'll talk about Alex Pierce in a moment when he nearly gave away a penalty with Fred on your dimmer midway through the second half. But two substitutions at the hour mark, Neil. And I want to get your take on this. He brings on Billy Mitchell and Bradshaw for Smith and Bennett. Now, Bennett didn't have the greatest of games today, to be honest with you. And a lot of it was kind of, you know, I think he just found it hard to get involved in the game as much as everyone else, to be honest. You can't really scapegoat him in that sense. It's the same with Thompson. But what did you make of them two subs? Bradshaw and Mitchell for Bennett and Smith? I, I, they weren't really inspiring. And I don't think it was the right changes either in, in setup, so to speak. No, I know that you were screaming on our WhatsApp group for Pierce coming off and uh, Bradshaw coming on and a change in formation. Let and me that was a popular that. thing. That yeah. was actually a popular thing on Twitter when I think we mm -hmm. both tweeted something similar around about half time. And there were a lot of people saying, that's changed the formation. That's bring off Pierce mm -hmm. and that's have. Bradshaw playing off Smith, which... Like we said, Smith, you know, needs someone up there yep. with him. Bradshaw, like exactly. you said, Exactly, and I think, that, I think that might have worked. We can't castigate Mason Bennett today because, as you said, or as Mickey said then, 
he struggled to get into the game as much as most of the other players. So no one's no one's solely to blame for today's lack of creativity. It's no. a collective, isn't it? No. it is yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sense. yeah, basically, they they were all shit together, weren't they? All mainly all shit together. Let me distinguish though my thoughts on Pierce here because obviously we've mentioned it, and like obviously I said I would, would want Pierce to be hooked, not necessarily hooked, but. The problem with Pierce, right, is he's he's a calamity waiting to happen sometime defensively. If you put someone that's got a bit of pace about them, which we saw in the 71st minute here, Alex Pierce gets beaten by Fred Onyedema. The ball gets knocked past him in the box. And for all my money, it's a penalty. If it was the other way around, we'd be sitting on this show today talking about how we've been robbed of three points because the referee made another howler. And this time, it's actually gone for us. So I'm not going to complain, even up of decisions. It happens in football, they say. And you saw it today because... For all my money, Neil, that was a penalty, wasn't it? And I can't believe he didn't give it. <laughs> Mate, it was a penalty all day, every day, and three mm-hmm. times on a Sunday, that was. Can you imagine that on a Sunday morning? You would have been absolutely surrounded <laughs> and hounded for that. And you're absolutely right. I think that if the referee had not given us that penalty, we would be on here, we would be slagging him off, we'd be we'd be saying referees are against Millwall. But we had a penalty shake for one on Mason Bennett. Mm -hmm. Didn't we, about 10 minutes before? Half-hearted, I think, if anything. I don't think it was a penalty myself. We couldn't see the... On iFollow, they showed the angle from behind the goal, but they only showed it when Mason Bennett went down. Mm -hmm. They didn't show the... But it was a stonewall penalty. Why the referee didn't give it, is absolutely beyond me. We'll take the rubber to green with that one. I think Mickey, I know you can see you shaking yeah. your head there, mate. I was about to come to you. What would you take on, obviously, on that on from Pierce there? Obviously, brought Fred down, wouldn't he? And it, it was just, it was a foul. We was lucky to get away with that one, weren't we? Absolutely lucky. That was frustration at its masterclass, mate. He just knew that he was going to get outpaced by Fred, and he thought there's easy way here. We just take him out. And, you know, it was professional sportsmanship at its best. Um, it was, you know, shithouse fucking tactics or the dark arts, as I think Nick Hart normally says, calls it. Um, it was a masterclass in that. He just, you know, he was just lucky because you saw in his face as soon as Fred went down, you knew that he was banging the rights. And and when the ref didn't give it, he was like, fuck off, escape to put it there. Um, you know, and... and I think Bennett's one probably was was not a penalty. It looked as if Bennett just was low down anyway and he was already falling through the air and he just, you know, he went down. I think it was just a fall over each other. I don't necessarily think that was a penalty, but I think we were lucky not to give, other, give the penalty away our end um, 100%. Um, to be honest, I don't mind the dark hearts because obviously I write about another sport where there is a dark heart in the front row. <laughs> Yeah, but I would just wish he wouldn't practice dark dark hearts in our fucking penalty area. He played the player, yeah. not the ball. He played the yeah. player. He yeah. knew Fred Absolutely. had the ball. He, he pulled him. Yeah, his arm. That's it. Yeah, but if you yeah. look at it, his arm went across Freddie's arm, mm. and Fred was only going one way, and that was to the floor. That's, yeah, I, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. Well, so then no, on, I think on anywhere Pierce, else on the pitch, the referee would have given that as a foul. So I think on he Pierce, bottled right? that decision. It's, so when I'm talking about, obviously, he, what I think is a real problem with playing Pierce in the heart of defence is his lack of pace. And I think it's obvious to see, right, lads? And I think this is the problem we've got, right? Like, he is suspect to that sort of error. And also on the ball, he, he reminds me of Paul Robinson, but 
maybe a bit even worse than what Paul Robson was, where like, you know, he doesn't want to play with the ball at his feet. He doesn't want to knock it about. He He's kind of, first instinct is, let me just get rid of this ball as quick as possible so I don't make a mistake. I don't know if that's just me that thinks that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have personally liked to see Hayden Miller today, lads. And we spoke about this yesterday, right? And I'm not saying Hayden Miller is going to be the answer, but we won't know this until we give these players an opportunity to play. Now, we look at the table today now, after today's game. We'll finish talking about the game first, actually, before I do that. You know, there was not much else from Millwall. I think our only other opportunity in the second half where the keeper made a save was when Bodfarsen came on and he managed to get a, he- a header on goal from Ferguson, who also came on the pitch. And it was straight into the arms of Stockdale, which kind of sums up today, really. We had to wait to the 18th minute in the second half to have an op- another opportunity on goal and force the keeper to make a save, Neil. Just one thing on Pierce, he is an accident waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. I think we were lucky today that they played one bloke up front who was about as mobile as Alex Pierce. Yeah, anybody with any pace will soon suss out that Pierce and Hutchinson they've got no they've got no pace between them. Hutchinson gets away with it, even if he did rugby tackle somebody. I think he rugby tackled Fred, didn't he, by the corner flag when Fred got away from him and he wriggled past him. I think he picked up a book in for it. But Alex Pierce has got no legs. I think we said yesterday that he's 31, 32, yeah? He's unfortunately one of these players whose legs have given up on him. And he's playing for a team in the championship. This is it, isn't it? It's a problem. Yeah, you cannot, we cannot get away with having players with no pace in our back four in this league that are on the way down. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike. Series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. With bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information because you're going to get sussed out very, very, very quickly. And uh, I think, I think, unfortunately, he is a leader. He probably seems like a nice guy, but I think it's probably time to get rid, to be honest with you. I, I, I think they're a liability waiting to happen. At some point, people are going to, you know, a team with a bit of something about them will run them ragged. If we play like that, any other team that's got something about them, they will run us unragged. I mean, you know, I think probably someone on the team obviously watched our live show last night where we called for someone to go through Fred within the first 10 minutes, which they did, um, but they could have just kept on doing it. Um, I just, uh, I agree with you. It was as if Smith had COVID and no one wanted to go near him. 
he was totally isolated out there on his own from from start to finish uh, until he come off. And, and Pierce and Hutchinson, well, you know, the only thing missing from them was a fucking Zimmer frame, really. Um, I don't think Hutchinson's bad today. I don't think Hutchinson's bad today. He ain't got the pace, though, is he, really? No, he, I think, it, yeah, it, was, it was Pierce more so, mate. And also... I agree with you, Pierce. The only thing I liked about Hutchinson is that Hutchinson had, had something about him where he actually was looking around where the ball kept being pinged backwards and forwards and, and back up and everything else. They actually decided, fuck it, I'm going to run forward with the ball. And he can, he can put a ball together and run forward. Um, but Hutchinson isn't the quickest, no. but he isn't the slowest. No, no and yeah. he's nowhere, nowhere near what Pierce Pierce today. If it and that offside decision, he was lucky to get that because he was off pace by by the time he'd even turned, mate. And you could see it on his face that he knew that he fucked up, yeah. and he knew that oh, he's got no shit. turning circle at all, has it? it he's he got a turning turn. circle. Got to turn in circle of a fucking jumbo jet, do you know what I mean? Of me, <laughs> fucking, I, I can fucking turn and go quicker than Pierce, and I can't fucking turn and go at all. But it, it, I'm sitting here and we're talking about it, and I'm still frustrated. This is a game of football that we should have won, and I know everybody last night was saying, "Oh, you've got to be more positive. You've got to be more positive." But this is just a Millwall way, isn't it? We, we're the only team the in the world, game, mate. What can make a shit? What can make it? You know, a relatively simple game look shit. Um, you know, mediocre look fucking shit, mate. And 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 it, there was no passion there. There was there was no one in that team who who looked as if they you know they really really wanted it. There were silly mistakes happening across the whole field from Jeg going in and getting a yellow on that geezer when he didn't need to so early on. That could have that could have been dangerous going forward. Um, he only needs to make one more fuck up, but. No, we just didn't seem as if we wanted it. And it's, again, what I said at the beginning. When we play shit teams, we have this shit mentality that we're going to win. We, it's not we don't need to do. It's just creatively, it's not there, uh, Mickey. Yeah. There's no creativity. Yeah. And is that, So then let's move on to after the game now and what we think about this. Is it to do with injuries? Is it that there's no Mahoney there, no Sahor, no other players that can maybe come in and affect the game going forward, no Ryan Leonard? What's the problem here for you, Neil? I don't want to blame injuries because that's lazy. Why did the manager not make a sub? And uh, why did the manager not make a sub and then get rid of three central defenders when they've only got one forward? What, what, why did we not go for it a bit more? Is that not something we need to ask a question of? Yeah, yeah definitely. Probably. Yeah, definitely. And I think we're all calling for it. We can all see it. But he's actually, but that's something that he's reluctant to do. Yeah, we are missing some good players. Yeah, and players that do make a difference. Keith has made a tremendous difference in the three or four games that he played. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Leonard, probably my player of the season because he's been absolutely fantastic. I was thinking about Connor Mahoney just before we came on air. Would he have made a difference today? Because we didn't, he would probably be more effective than Mason Bennett, wouldn't he? Let's face it. Let's be honest about it. Nothing against Mason today. Everyone was off it, but he was quite poor. Would he? He might have done, but if he isn't gonna, if these players aren't doing it, then he has to turn to the youth. He has to give the likes of Tyler Bury a go. Tyler well, Bury, a player gone. So it's about Neil. But yesterday on our live show, you and Mickey were both against me giving the young players a chance and uh, starting to give them an opportunity to play. No, why yeah, are, but... So why are we bringing on? Ferguson, who won't be here next season, Bodfarson, who won't be here next season, 
Why are we bringing these players on instead of the likes of Tyler Bury to come on and make a difference? Why are we, why are we not giving opportunities to these young kids? But you didn't say this yesterday, both of you. No, no, what, no, 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 Yes or no? Yes or no? Both of you. I'm not I'm asking you a question. Both of you. Tyler Bury. He's been a smug little cat. I'm asking both of you. Tyler Bury's played more games than Hayden Muller, I think you'll find. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, right. What we said yesterday was don't just fucking throw the youth in. I'm not just throwing them in, though. Okay, surely. Okay. Would you hello, throw them hello. hello, hello. Did you ask a question? Uh, give me the chance to answer it, okay? It's, oh, it's, okay. Look at this. Okay. Wow. Look at this. Let him on the Saturday show. Look what's Yeah, look let him in on the Saturday show. Look what's happening. Jesus. Now, mate, listen, right? What we said was, what I said was, don't throw the youth in there. Where you're just throwing them in for a pointless reason. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bed them in and start progressing and start working on their careers and bringing them into the team, then yeah, do it. But don't just throw someone in and then throw them in for two games because they get you out of shit with a player what is injured or a position what you need to fill and you think, well, I put the kid in for three games time. That kid then gets dropped and probably doesn't get another shout to get back in the front team. What I'm saying is, if you're gonna bed the players in then, yeah, bed them in properly. Give them the development, lead them in. Don't just fucking use them and abuse them so that they think, oh, yeah, look, I've got a, I've got my debut. I'm, I'm starting to go into the proper team and then fuck them off because that's going to do more but damage than is, good. But how is playing them today just throwing them in for no reason? You're playing them because you think they want they deserve to play instead of Alex Pierce in this example, if it was Hayden Muller. How's that, yeah. how's that just throwing them in? But no, what I'm saying is, yeah, he needs to make a decision. And it's not hard. The players he played today, with the rest of the players what are injured and everything else, the players he played today did not have the nous about them to do something to win. They just didn't They just didn't look as if they had the passion in him uh, and the excitement and everything else to win. So personally, I would look there and go, you know what? Pierce ain't really got the legs no more. Let's start developing in and bringing in 20 minutes at a time, 30 minutes at a time, one of the youth players, and slowly start sharing games with Pierce. Pierce plays the first half. We get a youth on to play 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the second half, and slowly but surely bed them in on a development plan and bed them in that way. Rather than just going, Pierce is shit, bring him on. Because you could bring on a new kid. He could play absolutely shit today, but he's never played a full game in front of, you know, in front of other professionals. He's only been playing under 23. If we don't cup games. Players, players have played cup games. It's the same and thing. He played at the end of last season. Yeah, he played at the end well. of last season as well. Muller, Muller's different. Muller, you know, I would I would have fucking, I would have brought Tyler on, and I would have brought fucking, I would have brought a few of the youth team in who've played games already because they give you that option. And also, they want to make a point. They want to show what they're capable of. And they could have sat there and had... You know, we've got loads of youth players potentially available What are good. It's not as if our youth team ain't shit. He's shit. It's not. But we've got players there with pace. And at the moment, we look as if we're playing teams with old boys who are on the verge of finishing their career, mate. We need Podcast fine to Mickey Simpson. Podcast fine. Podcast fine impending. Phone going off. I'll tell show. you what. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think it's as much of a gamble playing Muller in a three alongside Hutchinson and George Evans as it would be playing him in a two alongside Evans. Especially when you're seven unbeaten, yeah, Neil. That makes sense. Yeah, does that make sense? Seven unbeaten against bottom of the league who have no intention to but attack you I wouldn't you have today. started him. I wouldn't have started him. I understand that. Okay, right. But so... I think he should have been on the bench. And I said that yesterday. Mm. I think he should have been on the bench. Yeah. 
I'm not saying he should definitely play. My point to you guys is, is this, right? Why are we playing? Why are we bringing on Ferguson instead of Bury to make a difference? Why are we bringing on Bodvarsson instead of having George Alexander on the bench to make a difference? I'm not saying these players will come on and make a difference. I'm not saying they're going to be good enough. I'm not saying Muller's going to be good enough either. I'm saying why are we using players that ain't going to be in next season when the season's going to dwindle out now to nothingness? If we're going to play into a mid-table finish where results won't really matter between now and the end of the season and we're going to play these players who are getting themselves, if anything, in the shop window, why are we playing them instead of then not playing your, our own and see what they're worth? Because, you know, players play and then suddenly they make a big difference. You know, look at Marvin Williams when he came in all that many years ago, played that a couple of games, scored against Everton, made himself a first-team player for the rest of the season. I'm not saying these players are good enough. I'm saying you don't know they're good enough, though, until you give them an opportunity. And I think I, if we're not giving them opportunities and playing a 31, 32-year-old that's lost his yard of pace, we've got a problem now, I feel like. Yeah, but is that a problem? Yeah, we've got an even bigger problem if we think that if he goes off, what's on the bench? Is it Sean mm-hmm. Williams, who's 35? Yeah, yeah but is, yeah. A, is, is the problem that, that, that Gary just doesn't have, and he doesn't have a reputation, I don't think, of developing youth players, does he? He likes players he knows he can depend on, he knows what they're capable of. And that's probably why the likes of Ferguson and Pavarsson come on, because he knows what they give him. He rates, fuck knows why, because neither one of us do, but he rates Pavarsson. He thinks he's a great fucking striker. He thinks he's great having him on the field. We don't necessarily see what he sees. I think I would have brought him on. I would have brought him on earlier than what he did today. And I think um, Neil tried to bite at me for saying to bring him on on Twitter. I said um, I'd make three subs about 55, 60 minutes in, where I'd said to bring on Bradshaw, Bodfartson and Mitchell in place of Pierce. Uh, I think it was Smith and also uh, Woods or Bennett. So that's it. So it was, yeah. I'd leave Smith on and it would have been Woods and Bennett. And then also Pierce, because with Bodfartson, he at least has the ability to make the ball stick up front. And you saw it a few times when he came on and even at the end, you know, he had an opportunity where he had a header. I'm not saying he's good enough to play and be here next season, but he ha- he at least has the ability to make the ball stick at his feet and then yeah, try and bring it. us up the pitch. So yeah. I think that's something that, you know, I don't know why he didn't make the changes today that he, he normally does, to be honest, in these games. He sat on the five at the back against bottom of the league at home. And that's ultimately the underlying tone that I think we should take from this today. Yeah, but it's actually, is actually less of a gamble than playing Hayden Muller, isn't it? Because yeah, what's of the course. worst going to happen if you play? I think... yeah, if you play Bury out wide and he doesn't do anything, as long as they're not coming down that side and scoring, it's not going to be too much of a problem, is it? The I problem think we've with um, Muller hit home at the young the... player talk for today. I think this is it. I understand. I think we've hit home enough about it and I think we know where we all sit with it. But what I want to know, Neil, is why why didn't he do the changes today that maybe could have affected the game more? That's what I think. Well, I think we said that earlier on, didn't we? You have to... You can see why he gets so much stick off other people, can't you? Because it's blindingly obvious to us watching what's going on. And it's not the first time that... Yeah, that it's happened. It's happened 10, 15 times this season. And the beauty with I follow is that you're not there. You tend to watch the away games as well, don't you? Whereas some and it it happens on a regular basis. It's blindingly obvious that changes need to be made, and it's like he's reluctant that it's some kind of admission of failure or something that he just won't do it. He sits there with his arms folded and. 
writing his little notes when he hasn't got his arms folded, this, that, and the other. And you're thinking, get up there, fucking do something, man. He loves, he loves a debate, doesn't he? He loves a debate with a fourth official. He loves to fucking scream and shout and all that lot. But, you know, Wednesday, um, and then obviously with Birmingham, he can change. He can make the changes, what fucking have an impact. But today, he just looked as if he'd left that fucking part of, part of Gary Rowett behind and we had some form of imbecile had taken over for the day. You just couldn't see that changes needed to be done sooner, couldn't see what needed to be done, um, and and just let it tick by. Smith was left far too long isolated. If we could have got someone up to, to work with him, we could have possibly had a lot more opportunities especially in the first half when he kept getting up and he was just, he was being marked sometimes th- by three players. If we had someone else there or Bennett even was just lining the ball in or get someone else up to support him to just basically lay the ball off onto Smith, Smith would have had much more opportunities rather than just standing there on his own, trying to hold the ball, flick it on for himself and everything else. It was just, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what because, route was seen. It was yeah, just that's because they played three at the back and all three were able to focus on him. Yeah, on him with nobody else anywhere near him. No, exactly. Yeah? It was just so <laughs> frustrating to watch. And I think I think he had as poor afternoon, Rowett, as as the rest of the team did, to be honest with you. Should we uh, read some tweets from people uh, interacting with us, yeah. our listeners over on Twitter? So obviously, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at that mill pod. After every game, we ask you guys to give your post-match thoughts from the game. And obviously give your kind of, you know, initial thoughts afterwards. And I think the consensus is quite similar to what us three have all said today in the show. Uh, Joe Zampa, why didn't Rowett change it at half time and go for a back four? Should have taken Pierce off. Hutch and Evans could have easily dealt with their forward and stuck an attacking player on instead of for the rest of the game. We were just defending for 90 minutes against the bottom side. Tony, FT gentleman, at home against bottom of the league and we play basically what can only be five at the back and one up top. And when Gary Rowett does make changes, he keeps five defenders on. Pierce didn't need to play today, let alone 90 minutes. Robert Hennessy, fucking shite. Okay, worse than the Sunday League side. <laughs> can't control the ball, can't keep hold of the ball, an aimless hoof ball. I think, um, I know someone in this chat, maybe Neil Fizzler might agree with you there in that sense because he made the Sunday League analogy quite earlier on. Um, Lee Skinner, Cooper should have been replaced with an attacking player. I think he means in the team itself and when we picked the lineup today. And I think, you know, a lot of people have said similar things to what we've all said here, boys, to be honest. And I think, you know, no one can begrudge that. Believe it or not, we've actually clawed in a little bit to the playoffs at the moment after today's results. Um, everyone above us up to seventh won. Cardiff beat Preston 4-0. Reading uh, beat uh, Middlesbrough 2-0. Oh, no, Middlesbrough beat Reading 2-0, sorry. Stoke beat uh, Luton 3-0. And Barnsley also won 1-0 away at Bristol City. But Bournemouth, more importantly, in sixth place, lost to QPR today. So now the gap's gone from eight to seven points. So... You know, whilst all's been, you know, quite dreadful for us today, we've still kind of got a bit step closer, maybe, Mickey, to an outside chance of getting into the playoffs this season. Who knows? I think you still look ahead. As, uh, you know, I had just a fucking argument with Thingy earlier, with Neil earlier, and it was, you know, I think that it's not over. We were we were like this last year, but it's these silly draws what cost us last season. Um, you know, if we can go out there and just go hell leather for, for these wins then, you know, we, we stand a better chance of, of being there or thereabouts. I mean, what I said to Neil earlier was, you know, is he was he worried um, about the way Wickham plays that we possibly didn't have enough up front to possibly look really dangerous? 
So he put the five at the back just to give him a safeguarding. So that, you know, he, he had that protection that, you know what, look, at least if we can't play up front, they, you know, and, and do something now, at least we know they're not going to get back. Because we played three at the back or whatever, there's potential with the way Wickham and the way that Freddie's, that someone could could have got past us. Um, and defensively, we moan about Pearson there, but we did pretty much, apart from a couple of loose bits, but we did pretty much stop them getting anywhere there, did we? Didn't, Bart didn't really have that much of a challenge today, did he? No, neither team had much chances anyway. And I think that says a lot about Wickham, really. They're trying to grind results out. And I think, you know, a point for Wickham away at Mill was a good result for them. Hopefully, build some momentum for them to go forward. We'll just talk about ourselves <clears> here for a second, lads. And, you know, we've got Luton on Tuesday uh, at Kenilworth Road. Would have been a great, obviously, tie to get fans in there because obviously Luton and its history with us when we go to Kenilworth Road. What are we expecting, Neil? You mean, what kind of, you know, hopefully things could change and miss a kick up the arse from today's result. And hopefully we can kind of just maybe go for it a bit more. Luton ain't obviously an easy team to beat, but. You know, we've got to go into these games now with nothing to lose, I feel, at this point. Mate, I was just writing my team down, actually, for for uh, for Tuesday night. We have to go for it. We Hopefully, he tells them that the kind of performance he put in today wasn't good enough and it's not acceptable as a Millwall player to, to do that. They got away with it. No fans in there. But if we have got ambitions of moving up the table, and as you said, we have cut the gap, it's, it's a shame that we didn't pick up a win if we didn't get one off the bollock in the last minute and it goes in. And then you are looking, I think, that Mickey said he had a, well last night that he thought we were going to finish in the playoffs and then get hammered. I, I still don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I'll be honest, we're not going to go down, I think, I think we're going to stay roughly where we are. There might be two or three places in it. I don't know. And uh, But I think he has to make changes on on a Tuesday night. And the team I would play would be Bart in goal. I'd play Marlon Romeo, Hutchinson Evans, Malone. I'd be controversial in midfield. I'd bring in Williams and Ben Thompson. I would have Wallace and Bury, and I'd play Bradshaw off of Smith. Interesting like that, mate. I like it. Yeah. I think, um, uh, I the think only he has one... to try and go for it. Go on. An interesting go. one that I'd change, not change necessarily, but one thing that I'd like to see over the next few weeks, and I think we're going to see it because he's starting to get a bit more involved from the bench, is what Billy Mitchell can do. Uh, that would be an interesting one. Yeah, maybe, maybe it might be a game, maybe a game of... too soon. Or, but then yeah, maybe, maybe Mitchell to... instead of, uh, of uh, Williams, possibly. Maybe. It could be an interesting yeah. one, I think, in that sense. Like, I do agree, though. I think, you know, you've changed it up to a back four there, and I think a lot of that is definitely something I would agree with you there, Neil, to be honest with you. I think, you know, I just want to see us go through it a bit more, and I want to see us try some youngsters that have, you know, got a contract now. You know, you see all this t- news coming out about Bury signing a new deal, Matt Namara signing a new deal. You know, let's just play players that are going to stick around for next season. If they're not good enough, then we can make a decision and loan them out appropriately or whatever could be decided. But I think... You know, I just want us to get away from if we're chasing the game and, you know, we're bringing on players that we've really written off. Shane Ferguson won't be here next season. And that's no discredit to Shane Ferguson. He's been here for five, six years, signed under Harris when we went down to League One and done a job ever since. But He's I been think, a great signing for us, to be 100%. quite honest. He's, but been, I think, he's been, yeah, he's actually one of those reliable club men, isn't he? 100%. You need You need a few Shane Fergusons. He's never, he isn't spectacular. But he isn't awful. He's just one of those very, very, very solid 
professional footballers. But no discredit to Shane Ferguson. No discredit to him. When you're chasing the game and it's nil-nil against bottom of the table and they're sitting in deep, the last player you want to bring on is Shane Ferguson. I'd rather us try and see what Tyler Bury's made of and see if he can try and grab a headline or two for himself. Players that are young and hungry to try and improve. So, you know, that's no discredit to Shane Ferguson, but I think, you know, it's quite clear this year probably his last year at the club. So, yeah, I mean... I feel like I've said all I need to say, to be honest. I think Luton's going to be a good game midweek. Hopefully, we can pick up the three points. You boys got anything else you want to add before we go? Anything you want to add in? No, that's it. I think, you know, we're fairly safe. We just need to go hammer and tong all out now. Um, and that's it, really. And again, if you like this show, then just make sure you tune in on our YouTube channel every Friday night, 8 o'clock. We do this, but you can actually get in, involved in the chat and everything else. So, uh, we'd love to have you. Yeah, can yep. we work on formations in training on Monday? For fuck's sake, yeah, let's not have any COVID excuses or anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's work on this. I'm going, I've had enough of Neil, he's being a fucking twat. And um, <laughs> and, and, and that's it. Right, it's been a pleasure, Omar. Thank you very much. Uh, been a All pleasure. Right. Um, Neil, you can hear me, you're still in the green room. Um, so yeah, same place, same time. What, Tuesday night maybe? But if not, we'll be here Friday night. You're trying to take my outro, mate. Do you want to finish the whole pod whilst you're at it as well, whilst you're doing that? No, just, just finish up, mate. I've, I'm, I've had enough. So, right. yeah. We've hit the Hacienda point. I think, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back, obviously, during the week, as Mickey liked to say there. And uh, we'll hopefully pick up three points. And that's something nice to talk about during the week. We've got, obviously, another Into the Lions Den, hopefully, lined up as well for you guys this week. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out the catalogue of that. Paul Hubert's on Wednesday was a great interview with Neil. And, uh, yeah, aside from that... We'll see you guys soon. Thank you very much. Funding up to $10,000 available through net credit. Our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. Message. Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. <laughs> oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat. When are we setting sail, Captain? <laughs> when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.